0: The Padres have four free agents that have hit the market that could bolster the New York Mets rotation next year. Which one is the best fit? We'll be discussing that more on today's edition Locked On Mets. You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all you amazing Mets fans. You're listening to Locked On. Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen every day. Locked On Mets is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. On the show today, we are looking at the free agents from the San Diego Padres and which starting pitcher would be the best fit on the Mets. In the first segment, we'll talk about the ace, the Cy Young, Blake Snell, have we been overlooking him in free agency? In the second segment, I'll look more closely into the other three: Lugo, Waka, and Nick Martinez. And then the final segment, I'll make my case for why the New York Mets should, uh, you know, reunite with uh, their former reliever, Seth Lugo, as a starting pitcher. Before we get to any of that, though, I'm your host Ryan Finkelstein. If you want to find any of my work, follow me on X at Finkelstein Ryan. I'll spend some my writing at JustBaseball.com where I work as the managing editor and where I wrote an article that was published on Monday that I want to take a little victory lap on. We discussed it on yesterday's show where I was trying to hypothesize when free agency would heat up. Comparing it to last offseason, I pointed out the fact that Jose Abreu, the Monday after Thanksgiving in 2022, signed a three-year deal with the Houston Astros. So that might be a time where you might see a big move to happen from a veteran free agent, right? All of a sudden, Monday after Thanksgiving, yesterday, Sonny Gray sent a three-year deal with the St. Louis Cardinals. Three years, $75 million, taking one of the top starting pitchers off the board. So I just want to say, if you're curious when this offseason is going to pick up, again, you can read that article, watch yesterday's show. I wouldn't be surprised if a couple more signings happen this week. Guys like Seth Lugo and Michael Walker might fit the Zach Eflin build of last year, who signed the Thursday uh, before the winter meeting. So later this week, we might see some of that, and we will discuss those guys, Lugo and Waka, uh, in the next segment. First, though, we had to open the show today on Blake Snell because I have not discussed his free agency at at much length the entire offseason because I didn't see him as a fit for the New York Mets, and in some respects, I still don't. With that said, I've done a lot of research on Blake Snell over the last 24 hours, as I'm writing my next article about Yoshinobu Yamamoto and Blake Snell and who's better you know who is the better pitcher right now and through that digging and looking what he did this past year Blake Snell is getting to the point of underrated and I think it's because he has this reputation of being injury prone and uh, you know not pitching deep into games he's only crossed over 180 innings twice in his career both of them his Cy Young seasons he more frequently has lived in the really it's actually kind of remarkably consistent the 128 to 130 inning range like if you're signing him to a six-year deal you're hoping that he averages 140 innings like that would be an improvement and honestly you're expecting he's going to average more closer to 120 innings per year because of that that's not necessarily a free agent I want to see the Mets go after yet if you look at what he did this past season obviously it was a Cy Young year he was so so good last 23 starts of the season. If you look at his stats from May 20th on, which on May 19th, he gave up six runs and four innings against the Red Sox. And after that, he was lights out. Never gave up more than three runs in a start. Pitched to a 1.20 ERA. That's over 23 starts, 135 innings pitched. He was lights out. Snell has a career 3.20 ERA. It's not like this is a guy who... I, uh, you know, just had two great seasons. Like he's good at run prevention. He's not my kind of pitcher. I don't like to see a guy go out there and walk the world. And he's stressful to watch if he's on your team because, you know, he's going to walk a couple of guys and load the bases and then strike out the, the final three. You know, that, that, that's what he does. He's going to walk. I mean, this past year, he led the league and walk while, and walk, excuse me, while winning the Cy Young. It's not two things that typically coincide you compare Snell to Yamamoto. This is teasing a bit the video that I'll be doing for uh you know my show who's better on Thursday but you know Yamamoto pounds the zone and can pitch deep into games. Snell it's trying to avoid bats. With that said, he did get through 6 innings 20 times this year. That's in 32 starts. So that's really not too bad. Again, he actually did cross over 180 innings this past season. And I think he's getting discounted because you have this free agent that's 25 years old that a third of the teams in Major League Baseball want. And, you know, here's Snell, who has a couple of concerns that might limit his market to maybe, who knows, four or five teams. We'll we'll see how it all develops. But make no mistake about it. This guy is an ace. And when you have a curveball as good as Blake Snell's, I mean, man, that pitch got whiffs well over 50% of the time this year. He, when it comes to pitching run value for his breaking ball, I believe he was in the 100th percentile. So, best breaking ball pitcher in baseball in 2023. His off speed, so his changeup was in like the 99th percentile. He's got a great curveball, great slider, a great changeup. The curveball is the best pitch, of course. And then he's got a fastball that averaged over 95 miles per hour. He's also a six foot four lefty. Like Blake Snell, is still a guy that would really help the New York Mets next season if they were to pony up and sign him. I just haven't seen any report linking the two sides, and I think all their eggs are in the Yamamoto basket, and rightfully so. You know, if Blake Snell was twenty five years old, it'd be a different conversation. But Yamamoto is the better investment to make in free agency right now. Snell, though. Doesn't have the same market around him. So I will say that from doing more research on Snell and diving a little bit more into the numbers, there was part of me that was second guessing my take on Snell. Second guessing the way I've overlooked him because he's a really good pitcher, and it might be better to land the second best free agent starting pitcher than to strike out on the first best. No? The Mets have to really do the best they can to assess how that first meeting, whether it takes place on Zoom, if it's already happened, between themselves and Yoshinobu Yamamoto, they have to really understand what their chances are. Because if they got no shot at him, it would not be the worst thing in the world to pivot and go after Blake Snell. I don't expect it to happen. I still think Yamamoto is the free agent you want to invest in this offseason. But I will say I have been discounting Blake Snell a lot more than I should have. And part of it is because, you know, here's a guy who only hit the zone like 32% of the time this past season. So you're watching him pitch. He is missing the strike zone nearly 70% of the time, but that's how he pitches. He also led Major League Baseball in home runs per nine, 0.40. He only gave up six home runs, I believe, in 180 innings pitched. So it's because he's relying on ridiculous movement to keep the ball out of the zone and to get guys to swing at bad pitches and then to also roll over those bad pitches and get himself out of jams when he pitches himself into them. So he's a really fascinating free agent. I don't think the Mets will sign him, but I think I've softened a lot on my take about him as a free agent you know, some teams going to be very happy to, to end up landing him because for next season, of all the pitchers that are going to change teams, no one could potentially be as impactful as Snell might be uh, for that new team in 2024 in particular. If the Mets window is 2024, 2025, 2026, you know, Snell really would fit into that window well. You're just concerned about 27, 28, 29. If he gets a seven-year deal, 30. That's that's where I think I start to draw the line. But a six-year deal for Blake Snell, the Mets could do far, far worse. More likely, though, I imagine they will be in the running for guys like Seth Lugo and Michael Wacha that fits the complementary piece to the home run swing that they're trying to take with Yamamoto. So I want to discuss those pitchers next. Before we do, though, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Score this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. It's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get on the action. You got the NFL season, you got college football, you got the NBA season with their in-season tournament. So, if you want a little extra rooting interest in one of those nationally televised NBA games? Go to FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including the spread, player props, over-unders, and more. And remember, $5 money line bet. If you win that, you're going to get that $150 in bonus bets guaranteed. If you want to play with FanDuel, visit fanduel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL or the NBA season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Locked on has launched the first ever national sports 24 7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked on Sports Today is here for your 24 7 coverage of the top stories of the day with local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked on Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever 24 7 national sports streaming channel. Now, I've discussed Seth Lugo a couple of times. This offseason because he had a great year starting for the San Diego Padres and he would fit the Mets rotation. If you sign Steph Lugo coming off this season where he pitched to a 357 ERA, he would slot comfortably in that 3-4 spot along with Jose Quintana. You told me right now that by the end of this week, you're looking at a rotation that has Kodai Senga, Quintana, Steph Lugo with all those depth arms we've discussed. I'd be feeling pretty good that the Mets could either trade for that second frontline starter, or sign Yoshinobu Yamamoto, or even Blake Snell theoretically, and be in good shape next season. That is how good Lugo was. He had 17 quality starts last season, and that was in 26 starts overall. He did miss some time with a leg injury. It wasn't an arm injury. I didn't pull that for today's show. I just remember, I think it was a calf. Regardless, though, his arm was not the issue. It wasn't anything with that you know slightly torn UCL that we know he had Getting back to his time with the Mets, he was you know healthy for most of the season and very very effective. Uh, he, he nearly reached 150 innings pitched. Remember, this is a guy that spent a lot of years in the Mets bullpen, jumping back and forth between those roles. He made his debut what was it, 2016, uh, and you know was a guy that pitched in that rotation in the stretch that helped them make that wild card push. I think he had some time in the bullpen, then he ended up in the rotation at the end of the year when. So many guys went down. You eventually had DeGrom go down. But before that, Mats went down. Harvey went down. It was Noah Syndergaard, Bartolo Colon, Seth Lugo, Robert Gazellman, a crazy team that went on that run to make the playoffs. And, And Lugo was a huge part of it. And then, you know, 2017, he sort of failed as a starter, then gets, you know, put into the bullpen more. 2018, 2019 has. A remarkable season where he ended up closing games for Edwin Diaz down the stretch because Diaz was so bad in his first year with the Mets. Now, 2020 was the one time they gave him another chance to start, and it was when Michael Wacha, funny enough, um, along with Rick Porcello, was just horrible in that rotation during the COVID-shortened season, and they just decided, hey, we need an arm. Seth Lugo will stretch you out. In the middle of a year, that was a short year, and he never really got the chance. And then he was back into the bullpen for 2021, 2022. And then ultimately he took his first opportunity for agency to get that chance to be considered a starting pitcher and he ran with it. And now could you pursue a reunion there? It's a very interesting proposition. And I think the contract side of it is where things get more interesting. I want to discuss that in the next segment, but I think Seth Lugo is the best bet of any of these guys. I really do. Now Snell is a different conversation. I'm talking about Seth Lugo, Nick Martinez, Michael Wacha. Nick Martinez I like more than Wacha as well. He still threw 110 innings this patch year despite the fact that he only made nine starts, pitched primarily out of the bullpen, but had a 3.43 ERA, had an ERA under 3 in those nine starts, and you know, is a really good option where the Mets could give him a more clear path to start. But he also has spoken about how he's okay out of the bullpen, where Seth Lugo, I think, is averse to going into the bullpen. So I do like Martinez, but not at the same dollar amount or year commitment that you're going to have to give to Lugo. Michael Waka has had a great two seasons. I mean, he had a 3-3-2 ERA with the Red Sox in 23 starts, 127 and a third innings pitch in 2022. Last year he had 134 and a third innings pitched, made 24 starts, had 3.22 ERA. So the last two seasons he's pitched in the low 3s and he's also won a lot of games. Again, record doesn't matter anymore, but I look at a guy that's 25 and 6 over the last two years and think he's doing something right, right? So I think Walker's good. But that dude has been plagued with shoulder injuries and he's still only 32 lugo i think just turned 34 yeah like 10 days ago 11 days ago um so you know lugo is older but waka's arm has way more mileage on it he's you know, venturing close to 1300 innings pitched in the big leagues lugo out of the bullpen a ton sitting at 641 and Even though Lugo has the elbow thing, I can't remember when that report came up. but I feel like it was pre-COVID at least, 2018, 2019, when that whole thing happened with the partially torn UCL. Waka, it's shoulder injuries his entire career. And that's why he hasn't been making 30 starts the last couple of seasons. So I'd be concerned that the the shoes would fall off a bit. I mean, 2021 with the raids of all teams who typically get the most out of their pitchers, he had an ERA over five. With the Mets, he had an ERA over six. Uh, I I wouldn't be mad at it, but if Michael Walker gets more than a one-year deal, and if I'm him and this is, again, my age 32 free agency, I'd be pushing for a two- to three-year deal. And we'll see what team actually ends up going for that. I feel like he's going to get at least two. Seth Lugo, even if he gets three years at an older age, I think I'm more interested in that route. The problem is... Did you burn a bridge with Seth Lugo when you didn't let him start for all these years? Is he you know, picking up phones for 29 teams this offseason? And the one team that he doesn't want to go back to is the Mets because he's thinking, you guys didn't believe in me. There's a very real chance that that is the case, but this is a new front office, a completely new regime. And I'd imagine if this is a free agent that is looking to get three years, which is what the report has been, and he has a ton of interest on the market, but if there was a team that was beating his price of three years, I imagine he'd have signed already. I do wonder if the Mets can jump the line, reopen talks, and actually get Lugo to come back. What I want to do next is break down the contract. How much money would Seth Lugo get? How much risk is there in signing a guy that really only has one season of proof and being able to be an effective starting pitcher? Across a full 162 game season, and is the risk too much compared to what it would be to go after Waka or Martinez instead? So we'll get to contracts in the next segment first, though. Another word from our sponsors. Now, if Seth Lugo signed a three-year deal with the New York Mets tomorrow, the first place I would go is to my subtext, where I could send out an update to my Locked On Mets insiders. If you want to join, this is the time to do it with the winter meetings coming up and all the news that's going to take place over the next two to three weeks. You get a two-week free trial to see if you like it. Come aboard. You get to hear all of the updates that I have on the Mets. Whenever signing's made, there's ever a rumor that I find interesting, I want to give you my two cents. I'm sending out updates to the Locked on Mets insiders. If you want to join today, find the link in the episode description or go to subtext.com slash Locked on Mets. Now, speaking of a contract for Seth Lugo, there is no doubt that this guy is about to double his career earnings, might even triple it. He's made about $18 million in his big league career, and I'd be shocked if he doesn't clear $40 million on this deal because I think he gets a third year. Now, is that third year guaranteed? Is it a... A mutual option potentially, I think there's certainly going to be a lot of room for negotiation depending on who lands him. But if he digs his heels in and says, I want to be a starting pitcher for the next three seasons, I think he can get that deal based on what he just did and based on this market that just gave Kent Maeda at an older age and coming off a far less impressive season, a two-year deal. So I think Lugo, who would be, you know, pitching his age 34, 35, 36 season, you know, he has that ability to ask for that three-year deal and probably set the price tag at $45 million if he really wanted to, where he'd be making you know, $15 million per season. Found the Mets. Right now, I would call up his agent, say, listen, we want to talk about bringing Seth back to the Mets. Uh, you know, when you hear us out, we really want it to be a starting pitcher for us. We are so impressed with what he did this past season. And and we want to, to talk about um, bringing them aboard to be a fixture in our rotation moving forward. And they put a three-year $40 million contract in front of them that had incentives based on innings pitched. I think that they could probably get a deal done. I mean, Seth Lugo this past year had incentives based on innings pitched. Uh, it was $100,000, uh, or excuse me, $250,000 for 10, 14, 18, 22, 26, and 30 starts, so he made a quarter of a million dollars for hitting the 10 start benchmark. Then he got to the 14, then he got to the 18, then he got to the 22, and he eventually got to the 26 start uh, line there. So that was what was that 1.25 million dollars in incentives that were added on to his base salary of seven and a half million. Ends up making 8.75 million, really good year for Seth Lugo, and he had the opt out to hit the market now. The Padres also baked in appearances. So he got 100K if he had 40, 50, uh, or excuse me, 40, 45, 50, 55, 60 appearances. But obviously they gave him every opportunity to remain in the rotation. They had a similar contract with Nick Martinez. I think Lugo's at a stage where he probably doesn't want uh, to be considered a reliever anymore. Now, with that said, if you're going to incentivize him, if he does become a reliever and his base is much higher, Maybe he would be interested in that. But if I'm the Mets, I would not be giving him incentives for appearances. I would only be giving him incentives for innings pitched, uh, not even starts, innings pitched at 140, 160, 180, 200 innings. and It could be a quarter million you know per one, so he could make an extra million dollars uh, in that scenario. It could even be to the point where it's you know, a quarter million on the first one, quarter million on the second one. And then if he gets to 180 or 200 innings pitch, which should be a remarkable value from Seth Lugo, he gets half a million for each one of those. And then maybe he has a chance to make an extra $1.5 million on top of his base salary, which again, if it's $40 million over three years, you're looking at a shade over $13 million per. Now, why I think that's a fair contract, because Jose Quintana just got a two-year $26 million deal for the Mets this past offseason. He's making $13 million per. So, Lugo would be in line with that. Those two guys would be in the middle of the rotation this next season. And then you'd have Lugo for two years beyond that. And if all broke down and he just couldn't find that same success, you do have an idea that he could go back into that bullpen and be effective once he's already under contract. If that has to be the case in say the final year of the deal, if maybe you have so many starting pitchers that you push him to a swing man role, it'd be an expensive one, but, I think as I have been talking about the last couple of days here, if you really are trying to make sure that you have some depth in that rotation, Lugo is the type of starter you want to jump on. And I'd prefer to see the Mets gamble on a guy that for one, I like, I think a lot of Mets fans still like, but a guy that this past year really showed that he could be an effective starting pitcher as opposed to a guy Nick Martinez that still hasn't done it entirely or a guy like Michael Walker who I just have way more concerns with when it comes to the health and because of the larger sample size of him being a good starting pitcher and the low 3 ERA he pitched to which was you know what uh, you know more than 3 points uh, lower than Lug was at 3.57 I think he's might get like 15 to 18 million dollars it might be a one year deal it might be two years I would say 35 million for Michael Waka in this market wouldn't you prefer Seth Lugo if it was only you know 40 an extra five million you get a third year out of it or even if it was 45 million without the incentives I'd still be you know more interested in that because I just look at that shoulder for Waka and I'm concerned with how it's going to hold up not to mention, you look at the expected stats, not that we can just live and die by expected ERA compared to actual ERA, but his expected area is 430. His expected FIP, which is fielding independent pitching, was 447. Lugo, who also was probably a beneficiary of a good defense behind him, had an expected 448 ERA, but his ex FIP was certainly better at 3.76. He you look at walks, they're actually pretty much right in line with each other, but I, I you know Lugo slightly better when it comes to that. I just think that the risk, even with the extra year, is better going after Lugo. But these are all pitchers that the Mets sign any of, this, any of those three this week. Even Nick Martinez, and they're just saying, hey, if he has to be in our bullpen, that's okay. We just need to make sure we have a, an arm that we can slide into that rotation that's better than the depth arms in place. So Nick Martinez is certainly better than Tyler McGill. Any th- of those three I'd be happy with, any of them. If they were to shock us all and sign Blake Snell, I think I can talk myself into it based on some of the research I've been doing again you know, over the last 24 hours, which uh, you'll be able to read about on Thursday and watch on my show Who's Better. So uh, it's it's interesting. It's an interesting team uh, of, of now impending free agents that the Padres have here that have all hit the market and are all going to clean up. Honestly, because starting pitchers are getting paid. it feels like if you're a starting pitcher, just that alone, an MLB starting pitcher, your baseline is ten million dollars. And for these guys who are coming off better seasons than that, who knows? Maybe the price gets a little bit crazy. If Seth Lugo, you know, pushes closer and closer to twenty million dollars, which I doubt, but hey, it's a market that you just can't predict right now. If he's making eighteen million per if he gets two years, thirty-six million, I'd probably stay away from that one. But Three years, 40, sign me up tomorrow. Anyway, that's going to be all for today's edition of Locked on Mets. If there is no news, I want to look at the rest of the international market on tomorrow's show. So we'll be looking at uh, Shoto Imanaga. I believe I pronounced that name wrong. Somebody um, hit me up in the comment section on you, on YouTube yesterday about that. And if I just screwed it up again and butchered it, I'm sorry. Let me know again. I'll try to do better and I'm breaking to international free agents on that show. Uh, if you don't want to miss it, make sure you follow, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. We're trying to make a push to 10,000 subs, so appreciate all of you who hit subscribe. If you want to be a Locked On Mets insider, find the link in the episode description. You can follow me on X at Finkelstein Ryan. Follow the show at Locked On Mets. And if you want to check out the first ever 24-7 uh, sports streaming channel on YouTube, head over to Locked On Sports today